what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.tv. My name is Alan Jackson, and with me, as always, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing? I'm doing really good today, Alan. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Good. It's getting a little little cool outside right now. And just I always like to kind of give a little weather update at the beginning of the show. Uh, yep. Mainly that's going to be affecting me because I've got a uh, treehouse project that my boys and I have been working on for about the last wow. few weekends. And uh, something we've been putting off for a couple of years. Well, I've been putting off for a couple of years. Finally, I got the guilt trip strong enough to force me to get outside and start building this thing. So uh, I'm a little worried about working outside in 40 degree weather tomorrow, but we'll see how that we'll see how that goes and how that holds up for us. So yeah, well that brings up uh, brings up memories because I actually built a treehouse for Emma, my uh, soon to be 15 year old daughter, built one for her about five years ago. Yeah, and it is an excellent place for leaves to gather. <laughs> it's now an official leaf gathering that, place. That's about all that's used for. So yes. And it does a great job. I'm sure the leaves are very thankful that you've left that, that facility <laughs> out there for them. So Very thankful. Well, this is Stepping Up Service. This is our show here on the TheMesh.TV where we talk about the world of customer service. We're talking about uh, ways that organizations, companies, and businesses can offer excellent customer service to their clients, to their employees, to one another, to their vendors. And we've been talking through for the last several years with through these episodes, different ways of doing this, different strategies to keep in mind, different goals to set, different ideas to, to, to formulate in bettering your own customer service culture for your organization, whether you're a brand new organization or one who's been around for a while. We're going to take a little quick detour today, Ed, I think if that's okay with you based on what sure. we're going to talk about. We talked about the idea of today's episode being our love stories the, the companies we're in love with, the love stories of the customer service companies we love. And we kind of got hung up on that whole name love story, but I got to tell you, Ed, I'm going to have to veto that name only okay. because I'm a movie guy. You know, we have a movie show on the, on the, on the mesh network. There is a love story movie, of course, the uh, Ryan O'Neill uh, 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 film that I don't want to tread on. So let's ditch the love story name and let's go with something a little more timely based on the season. If we can, how about, okay companies we're thankful for here it is the month of november with thanksgiving coming up in a couple of weeks how's that sound to you that's outstanding yeah so there, so, so there is no movie called the companies that we're thankful for is that, Not what that i point? found maybe uh, it might be a foreign film or something that i've never heard of <laughs> but <laughs> pretty much um, i can't think of any english-speaking movie with that name so i think we're okay with that title uh okay. so companies we're thankful for what we're talking about are some companies that we just really love the way they're handling customer service. And there's a lot of things we can take from and apply into our own organizations. So we're going to get into that here in just a moment. We're going to talk about those companies that we are thankful for here in the month of November here on Stepping Up Service. Before we do, just a quick reminder, you're listening to TheMesh.TV, which is an online network of podcasts and audio programs that are available for free at any time on our website at TheMesh.TV. Or you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher Radio. You can find us on any other place where nice podcasts are being stored and warehoused. We are there. Uh, It's free to listen to. It's free to download, uh, free to subscribe to our shows. And by subscribing to the shows, it ensures that every time we put out a new episode, you get a new copy of that episode downloaded right to your device of choice. 
at any time. So we encourage you to go check us out on iTunes, check us out on the website, send us an email, post some comments, let us know how you feel about the shows, the, 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 the content and the topics we talk about. Ed, your company, Customer Service Solutions, just going to mention real quick before we get to start talking, uh, at cssamerica.com is the website. That's the place where you can find out Ed's company and what they're all doing in the world of customer service, trying to help organizations improve the way they provide customer service to their clientele, to their vendors, to their partners, uh, as well as just uh, enhancing that overall service culture mentality. And then I'm with the Jackson Group, which is thejacksongroup.com, T-H-E, jacksongroup.com. That's where you can find out our work in the world of employee and customer satisfaction surveying, including patient satisfaction surveying for healthcare as well. So a lot of good resources there. We encourage you to check it out. There's some great blog posts on Ed's company's uh, website at cssamerica.com, dealing with customer service. And then we're putting up a lot of information about ways you can gauge the satisfaction level of your customers or employees uh, and their engagement level through some surveys we offer. So a lot of great resources to check out online. With that, Ed, let's go ahead and jump right into our discussion, if that's okay with you. Let's talk about sure. those companies that we're thankful for. And what, uh, where do you want to steer the conversation from here? I know you've got some ideas on this already. Sure. Uh, we actually have four different stories that I'd like to share. And, and the first one deals with uh, our local veterinarian, uh, the one that we go to here in Charlotte called South Park Animal Hospital. And I'd gone to our vet recently uh, to take in our family cat. The cat's name is Squeaky Fifi. Uh, believe me, I did not name her, but um, back up. Okay, so the, is that the cat's full name, or do you guys refer to it as Squeaky Fifi all the time? Uh, her full name is Squeaky Fifi Gagnon. Okay, uh, we call her Fifi. Uh, a lot of people call her Squeaky because instead of meowing, she actually squeaks. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. All right. So yes. there's no no personality conflict there with her going by two different names and getting confused or anything. She she still responds pretty well to everybody. She, she uh, pretty much pretty much ignores everybody equally. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, she, most of the so personality, she's a typical cat. Then <laughs> yes, most of the personality conflicts conflicts are within her mind, and um, so yes, she she's a piece of work. And she was actually the reason why we we're taking her to the vet is that she was in a fight uh, with another cat, and oh, uh, Squeaky Fifi did not exactly win the fight. Oh no. Yes. So uh, Squeaky was on the mend, uh, but the vet just wanted to make sure that the antibiotics that uh, uh, they were giving her were working. So we walked in, me and Fifi walked into the animal hospital. The two front desk staff uh, greeted our cat like she was a long lost sister. Oh, hi, Squeaky. It's you. Oh, we're nice. so excited to see you. How are you doing? You know, how you feeling today? And, you know, they took great care of her. They brought her back to the exam room, took her temperature, uh, brought her back to the lobby. Uh, and then literally as they brought her to me said, we love squeaky. Mm-hmm. Now here I am the, the cat owner and I'm thinking it's just a cat. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, why are you reacting that way? Uh, you know, we, we love it a lot, but you know, just think about this. These are people who are reacting to a cat. Mm-hmm. Like it was a long lost sister. They're saying they love her. I mean, when was the last time you went into your doctor's office and they said, Al, and I'm so happy to see you. We just love Alan. Or you know, you go. I know. Actually, I get that. I get that all the time whenever I walk uh, into any building. Um, uh. So I'm probably the bad person <laughs> to ask on that, Ed. So <laughs> yeah, I forgot your nickname was Squeaky Alan. Yes, so. that's right. I go by that same nickname, which is kind of ironic, but yeah. Yes. But, uh, you know, it's just so interesting. I mean, you look at situations like that where the energy, the love, the caring just pours out and it's for a cat. And, and yet you go into most businesses and the love and the caring and the adulation and the personalization doesn't come out 
for human beings, the ones who are actually spending the money, giving you the business, hopefully becoming a lifelong customer. So that there's so much that we can learn about great customer service just by looking at those situations with the vets. I mean, what if businesses conveyed how much they care about us, like the staff at South Park Animal Hospital convey that they care about squeaky Fifi. And you know, Ed, what's even more impressive with that is, I mean, it's not like that's the only cat they've seen that week. Okay. You know, they're seeing animals all day long, but yet the, still the fact that they showed that level of attention and enthusiasm for your cat coming in, even though they may have seen three other cats that morning already, uh, I still think is what is really impressive as well. So, yeah. So it's just one of those organizations that they do it with our dog. They do it with our other cat as well. And it's just consistent. It's sincere. And it's something that we businesses could learn from in terms of how we deal with our clients as well. Absolutely. I could not agree more. That's, that's really great to hear. And I've, I've got a a veterinarian office very similar in our, our community as well that I feel the same way whenever I take my girl dogs to, to go get checked up that just a lot of enthusiasm, which is always fun to see. Yeah. Good. Right. Um, the, the second company that, that I'm very thankful for that we have a relationship with is actually our electrician. Okay. Uh, and, and it's very different from a vet, very different circumstances. But in this day and age, it, it seems so often that you're getting nickel, nickel and dined. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are wanting to charge you for every little thing. It's like the lawyer who you ask them for advice and they, they send you a bill for 15 minutes of legal fees. Yes. And you, you're just smiling when you get that $75 <laughs> invoice. And mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are all these situations where organizations are trying to nickel and trying to dime you. Out of every transaction, they're trying to milk every penny. Well, Amherst Electric is an organization. It's a very small business here in Charlotte. And what makes them special is that when you call them on the phone, they immediately answer. When you, when you ask for advice, they give it to you over the phone. Okay. If they know you're one of these do-it-yourselfers, that they literally spend a couple minutes. They try to give you some different uh, pointers to consider. So there are certain things they know you need their help with. There are certain things they know you might want to try on your own. And they're giving you that option and they're giving you that advice and they're doing it just because they know certain clients like things a certain way. And if I want to keep this client for the long term, I'm going to give them the advice when they need it. And then I'll obviously give them the service when they need it. So go ahead. Well, Ed, I was just going to say, but I've got to play against that notion for a minute. Let me play devil's advocate. Sure. We may have some people listening saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I'm a professional, if I know these things, if people are calling me to have get my assistance on a certain topic, shouldn't I be charging them for my knowledge? Why should I be giving it away? Am I not hurting my business by giving away free advice over the telephone, by taking those few minutes to do that? How do you counter that when people ask you that? Well, it depends on what the perspective of the business is. You could say, uh, you know, Mr. Smith, if you're having a, an issue with some of your outside outlet's not working, why don't I set up an appointment and come to see you? And if you think about that, and why don't I come to see you and it'll be a $75 minimum charge for a visit, then at that point, you're focused on the transaction. And when you get out to the site, maybe the homeowner will let you come. And then they see you just push a test button on on an outlet somewhere in your house. And they just realize they paid $75 for you to push a test button. So granted, you might earn that transaction, but you're not earning any goodwill. So you have to look for opportunities. If it's not literally hours you're spending giving advice, not really a tremendous amount of effort to give the advice, give the advice, enable your client to have a good experience. uh, Because if you do start nickel and diming them for every little piece of information they give you, 
they might just have you for that transaction, but they don't want to have you as a business, yeah. as a vendor for a lifetime. Well, I, I cannot agree more. I kind of set you set you up with that question uh, pretty high because absolutely, I'm a big believer that sometimes you've got to earn that relationship and you've got to yes. build that relationship. Um, yes, there may be some people who just constantly call you for advice and you never get to charge them anything. Yes. But the chances are that when they do need you for something that is a larger project or something that involves fees, they're going to call you if they feel like they've already built a good relationship with you. So, I mean, you're kind of playing a little bit of a long game with it, but I think it's yes. a game worth playing. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's the difference between Amherst electric who I have literally on speed dial on my phone versus plumbers where I have no relationship, never had. I always go to the phone book, always go to Google because they haven't done a good job of developing that relationship, building that credibility, making me feel like they want to help me rather than they just want to maximize the value of every transaction. See, and I've got the opposite relationship. I've got a really good plumber. It's a good friend and good good relationship. The electrician has been where we haven't had the best luck. I think that was even one of my horror stories a few months ago. Yeah, that's uh, right. Well, about the electrician just not showing up anymore. I still have his uh, meter tester, his little <laughs> device, sitting in my garage. He's never come back to get it. He's never followed up on the work. We had to call somebody else to come in and help do the work for us in the end. I've still got some of his gear. He's just never even showed back up to even get that. So, uh, wow. you know, I don't know if I can sell it on eBay and make any money from it or anything. But That's exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend it, but that's no, exactly what uh, I was just thinking. Know, but there's got to be some sort of statute limitations based on how long they leave something in your house as to when you technically own it now. So, yeah. yeah. And speaking um, about being in your house, that that's just one other point to make with Amherst. It's one of these organizations that if you wanted to hang out with them because you're that do-it-yourselfer and you wanted to engage them while they are fixing something, they're open to it. So you, you have the animal hospital and they treat these animals like they're one of their own. You have Amherst who cares more about helping you than they do about nickel and dime and you in every transaction. Yeah, that's really nice. That's really good to hear. Two great companies to be very thankful for that you have uh, direct relationships there uh, in your area. We're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, let's follow up with a couple more of these stories, these companies that we're so thankful for. And then we are going to end up our show, as always, with our customer service stories of the month, which I'm going to tell you, mine is going to be my my own company I'm thankful for at the moment. Oh, great. Uh, and that kind of ties nicely into our topic as well. So with that, we'll get back right back to it here in just a moment. You're listening to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. Stay tuned. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. I'm Alan Jackson with The Jackson Group at TheJacksonGroup.com. And with me is Ed Gagnon of Customer Service Solutions. Learn more about his company at CSSAmerica.com. And we're right in the middle of talking about companies we're thankful for. And by that, we mean companies that just really get it right when it comes to customer service. That we're so thankful that these companies exist here in the season of Thanksgiving we're just a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving, so it's a good time to give thanks back to those companies that are doing customer service right by us. Um, 
Ed, do you guys uh, travel much on Thanksgiving? You going anywhere? Babe? Always, always yeah. traveling. Yeah, we're going to Knoxville this year, where my in-laws are. So. Okay, all right. Yep. Well, safe travels on that. I, I don't think I actually have to go anywhere this year. Worst thing. Really? Very local. Yep. We normally take yep. a jaunt down to Georgia, but we're not doing that this year. So, uh, seeing how uh, my handy work on the tree fort I'm building may still probably be going on by that point. So I, <laughs> I may need all the extra time in the uh, in the areas I can. So yeah. Well, Ed, you gave us some uh, companies you're thankful for, the veterinarian office and the electrician there in your area. What's uh, who, what's your third company you're thankful for? The third company is in the restaurant industry, so very different. And this is a Monterey's Mexican restaurant. It's off Park Road Extension here in Charlotte. And instead of it being about attitudes and love like South Park Animal Hospital about or about the free advice and helping you get what you need done with Amherst Electric, this is about process. And we often say that clients gauge their satisfaction of your organization based on one of three things. It's the attitude of the employees that they encounter. It's the process that they experience when they're working with you, or it's the product or service itself. And Monterey's has the process down. I mean, okay. you, you literally walk into their restaurant, and it's purely self-evident where you go to check in. Uh, I have never waited more than 30 seconds to actually get greeted and have them leading you to a table. After being seated, literally in less than five to ten seconds, somebody's bringing you chips. They're bringing you multiple wow. kinds of salsa okay. without even asking. I mean, it's that quick. The drink orders come very quickly. The server comes in kind of a non-pushy way. They, they come to check on you frequently, make sure you have what you need. Always when they see those chips getting low before the, the chip basket empties, they come back either just give you uh, another basket, which they usually do once, and then after that, ask you if you'd like some more. And no matter what you order, and we order every imaginable kind of thing there because my wife and my daughter and I all have very different tastes, the food always comes out fast. I mean, all the time it comes out fast, it's hot, it's fresh. So, you know, even though this is about customer service and people think customer service is all about attitude, uh, restaurants are all about ambiance. One of the great reasons why we love Monterey's is just the process is quick. You know what you're going to get. It's very quick. Uh, It's obviously standardized. There's obviously good communication and it works time after time after time. You know, Ed, I'm so glad you brought an example up like that because you're right. When people think about customer service improvement, they think, how do we get people to smile more and to be nicer? And not to discount that. You're right. That is very important stuff. But you guys go to this restaurant because of the process, because of the what you expect to come out of it from a timeliness standpoint, from an efficiency standpoint. You know, I mean, I'm sure it would hurt the situation if the people were really rude there. Sure. And if the ambiance was horrible, I mean, it would, it would temper all that a little bit more. But you can get by a little bit more on the attitude and you can get by on the quality of the food even a little bit mm-hmm. if you've got that process so well no- nailed down. It sounds like exactly. these guys do. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah, and the food is slightly above average. I mean, it's authentic Mexican food. I'm sure you can get better in Charlotte. The the people are nice. They don't wow you like Disney. Right. But the, the process itself, I mean, if, if you want to get good authentic Mexican food and get in and out in 30 minutes, even for dinner, wow. you can do it. That's great. I mean, it's just amazing how quick it is and how full you are when you leave. So it's great. My, my family knows my own little pet peeve with going to some of the Mexican restaurants that give you the chips when you get there, which I think is great. I love it. Uh, but my thing is, is that if you're going to give me a basket of chips, um, and you give me the same basket of chips for a family of five that you would for a, a couple, 
uh, you need to be checking back occasionally to make sure oh, yeah. it needs to be filled back up. So it's a little bit of that. It's weird as a culture how we get something that's given to us basically for free that we now come <laughs> to expect that, you know, why is our chip basket not full? Sounds a little selfish, but it is something where if you set up that expectation for people that yes. we're going to give you these chips to enjoy during your meal, you kind of need to make sure they keep, they keep flowing. And it sounds like Monterey yes. is doing that. So oh, that's yeah. good. Definitely. Yeah, we always have to cut ourselves off or else we won't have yes. any room for the meal because they give us so many chips and keep my, the baskets going. My, uh, so it's my great. My 12-year-old is notoriously bad for that. Uh, we have to kind yes. of temper him and say, all right, Alex, you're done with the chips. You're not yes. even going to eat your dinner if you keep eating this yes. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Well, what is the uh, fourth and last company you wanted to show thank- be thankful for here? Yeah, the last company, again, very different industry. And I know we're all familiar with the big box home improvement stores that have kind of dominated the landscape over the last 10, 20 years. And some of the more mom and pop oriented hardware stores have gone by the wayside. But there's a hardware store. It's a little bit of a, a hybrid. It's an ace hardware store, but it's a small, more mom and top, pop style store called Blackhawk Hardware in Charlotte. Uh, and there's a couple things that they do that the big boxes uh, can't replicate. Uh, the first is popcorn. Oh, so yep. literally, when you walk in the door, used to do that too. Yeah, yeah, you know, literally, you walk in the door and there is a popcorn machine that is popping fresh popcorn continuously. And th- there's always a line; it's never a big line. There's only like one or two people ahead of you every time, but there's always a line, and you get your bag and you take it around. And you know, there's something about that that allows you to feel comfortable going a little bit more slower mm-hmm. through the store yep. and being a little bit more laid back and. You know, it's interesting because I've used horror stories and blogs many times about the big box hardware stores. But here, I mean, there are people uh, throughout the store. They're looking for you to see if you can help. They're very nice. They're not pushy. They're just inquisitive. You know, is there anything I can do for you? Anything I can uh, help you find? Do you have a certain issue where I can, uh, you know, help you figure out a little solution to it? And it's just one of those examples where in this day and age, it's very unique to go into a hardware store where you have the smell of popcorn, you have the great customer service, you have that personalization takes place that takes place. And and granted, the prices are higher there, mm-hmm. but you you kind of know that going in and, and you're not going there purely for the lowest cost per unit. You're going there because it's a unique experience. They have certain products and services you can't get anywhere else. And the reason why you know you can't get those products and services anywhere else is that you have the employees who are willing to to share what they have available for you. So it's just one of those neat ideas that uh, the big box, the big box grocery, big box department, big box hardware stores, that doesn't mean the existence of them doesn't mean that the small box, the small guy is going by the wayside. There are ways to compete and the ways that they compete uh, are on customer service. Well, I, I completely agree. We had a Ace Hardware Small Ace Hardware. I know Ace is still a chain, but this was a small, intimate hardware store, very similar to what you're describing, just right down the road from my house for many, many years that just closed down about two years ago. And uh, so now we're left with two big hardware box stores in driving distance from us. And uh, even just these past couple weekends, going to buy lumber for this tree fort we're building and trying to figure out what all tools I need on things. It is just so difficult to get somebody to just talk with you and share yes. some ideas with you. I honestly had to like go track down people all the times I'm there to say, can somebody please come help me in the lumber area? And uh, that's, it's painful. It really is painful. Yep. Granted, I, I know the big box stores serve a purpose. You want to go to one store to get everything you need and you can spend a couple hours there and get everything you need. That, it's great for that. It really is. If you know what you're looking for, it's great. 
it's just it is tough that we lose a little that the more of that direct service and direct connection with people that we used to have so yeah i agree i do agree i think both stores can exist and if those smaller stores can focus on the service focus on that that customer attention you know you're not going to get all the hardware business in your area because you probably can't stock everything the big the big stores can sure but you're going to get a fair amount of business just from people who really need more assistance and want to talk more <laughs> about their projects so yeah, well, it's interesting when we, you know, kind of take a step back and we look at, take a step back looking at the four different organizations. You had a vet mm-hmm. and they were so personalized. They were so obviously caring. You had an electrician and he was willing to give advice and guidance. He was willing for you to be with him while he was doing the work for you. You, you have the restaurant that was all about process. And then you have this a uh, hardware star- store, smaller box hardware store, and they have some of these n- unique characteristics and they have that personalized help that those skilled individuals who can really guide you through a process or guide you through an issue. So four totally different industries, four totally different ways that they were great, but but four different organizations that I'm, I'm very thankful for from a customer service perspective. Absolutely. And I could not uh, agree with you more from the descriptions you gave of those four. They sound like great companies. Ones we ought to all be thankful for because they're they're showing us there is a model out there yes. to make businesses work when you focus on the right things regarding customer service. Absolutely, yes. that's great. And I believe you have a blog post up on your website. I think uh, talking about some of these as well. Is that right, Ed? Right. Yeah, our blog is at Service Advice. It's all one word: Service Advice uh, uh, at CSSAmerica.com. So Service Advice CSSAmerica.com. Yeah, and the best way to really get there is just to go to our website, yeah. cssamerica.com, and there's a link there. But we, we literally have written over 300 blogs. Uh, you can access our tips of the week. We've written over 700 tips of the week. There's articles we write for a sports uh, publication called Ticketing Today. We've written probably 20 for them, written 50-plus for the Charlotte Business Journal. So literally, uh, we've written well over a 1,000 different articles that if people are really wanting to learn about best practices for a certain organization, about how to change a culture, about those one-on-one moments of truth that employees have with with their clients, uh, there, there's a, a multitude of resources there for them. That's great. I definitely encourage everybody to check it out because that is uh... – I've, I've gone there myself a few times and looked at and got some ideas for some of our clients or for our own employee culture here. So it's some good stuff. Well, Ed, we always end up the show by talking about our customer service experiences from the last month. I mean, we, we get this chance once a month to sit down and talk through the episode. And over the course of those 30 some days, you and I have a whole multitude of different experiences. So we like to kind of spotlight one of those that maybe uh, the customer service model was really strong and we want to uh, pat them on the back for it or one that we want to slap them down a little bit because it didn't, <laughs> didn't quite go as well. So if it's okay, just because you've already gone through four positive, let me kind of finish up with mine because this is also okay. one that I would say is a company I'm right now at the moment very thankful for Good. that um, I think has has done some interesting things with regards to customer service as well. So I'm a Rotarian. I'm in a Rotary club here in, in Hickory and we put together a youth soccer tournament every year. Uh, 70, 80 teams from around the region come to Hickory for a weekend. Wow. Um, I'm involved in kind of the public relations side of it, promoting the event. But I also get roped into uh, scoring, keeping up with scores and brackets for the tournament, which I don't know anything about soccer. I've been doing this for four years, and I still don't understand soccer. But uh, it, it, we got to a point where, you know, we've, get, we've been a little more of a homegrown 
uh, more traditional approach to the way we handle things. Team registrations are done by mailing in a registration form and a check. And we have our Rotarians who take care of that and handle that the traditional way. Well, this year we said, you know what, let's step it up a little bit. We need to be able to allow teams to register online. We need to be able to track team participation online. We need to be able to do our scoring through a website so parents can actually go online and see how the scores are going if they're not there in person to see the tournament. Sure. So I did my research trying to find out what would be a good company to do to work with on this, a good platform. I found four or five that do exactly this. They'll manage your tournament top to bottom. Uh, and I just send an inquiry request to all of them saying, hey, tell me about your pricing. Here's what our tournament looks like. How would you work with us? One of them in particular responded back not only very quickly, but also very thoroughly. And it's a company called sportssignup.com. And what impressed me about this company is that I got an email almost immediately from somebody, not a canned automatic response, but truly a, hi, that your youth soccer tournament sounds great. We'd love to talk with you about it. Can we set up a time to talk? Now, me, I'm a pretty busy guy. So trying to get some time with me on the phone is, is sometimes a challenge. So I just kind of said, hey, listen, guys, I'm much better on email. Can I just email you some questions and we can talk back and forth? Sure, absolutely, no problem. Sounds great. But if at any time you ever want to talk, just give us a call. Okay, that's good already, number one. Very responsive, very very customer focused. But we got to the point where we're ready to, about ready to sign up because we really have looked at their service. It looks to be a pretty solid service. And uh, my contact person who has both called me and emailed me to introduce himself, said, listen, I'm going to walk you through all this. We're going to take care of it for you. He said, and by the way, because I know this is your first tournament working with us on this, we're going to waive the annual fee and let us handle setting up some of your initial documents for you so you guys don't have to worry about doing that. It's like, we just really want to make sure this first tournament goes as smooth as possible for you. I'm like, that is great. That is awesome. I really appreciate that as well. Another thing that was great is that they – even though I feel like I'm a pretty web-savvy guy, I could figure out their system pretty well. My contact kept saying and said, listen, Alan, I'm sure you can probably figure it all out. He said, I would feel better personally if I could have 20 minutes with you on a WebEx just to walk through some of the features because I really want to make sure you feel comfortable with everything. And I said, well, listen, I'm, my schedule's really busy. The only time I could probably even do it would be after hours. He said, that's not a problem. What time? I said, well, about 7.30 last night. This was last night. So about 7.30 p.m. He said, absolutely. Send you an invitation. We're going to talk at 7.30. And I will stay on the phone as long as you need me to until you feel comfortable with everything. Wow. It was just really, really, really nice attention. And even though the cost may be a little bit more than some of the other services I saw, I told the rest of my committee, I'm like, guys, these guys know what they're doing. And I know that I could call them with anything. And they're going to bend over backwards to fix it. So... That's the firm we're going with. You know, it's a little bit of going that extra mile, a little bit going over and above, but man, it really did make an impression in this situation. I know they probably have their whole deal where they say we're going to waive the membership fee. They probably do that for everybody, but it made it feel like it was really doing it because they really wanted to earn our business, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was just overall really impressed with that experience so far. A web-based company that I will probably never see any of these people face-to-face but yet, even through email and web and phone, you can still deliver that over and above customer service. So, yeah, well, that's a great story. I mean, yeah. it's interesting that uh, it's almost like you 
you would encourage a company like that to mystery shop themselves versus competitors Mm -hmm. because that's essentially what you were doing, but it wasn't mystery shopping. I mean, you were literally shopping, but if more companies did that, they said, I wonder how we compare to a request for business request for information versus our competitors. I mean, sometimes that initial first impression can really dictate in the customer's eyes who's going to be better to deal with, who's going to be more responsive if I have an issue, who's going to jump on, who's going to be easier to get in touch with. So, you know, it's interesting when you were describing that, I was thinking, I, I, I wish some of these companies would have mystery shopped themselves versus their competitors because maybe more of them would have been like the company you're going to end up going with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just think it's so important. I mean, th- this is not a big dollar service. They're not making a lot of money from us at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that they're treating us like, like we were, you know, in, uh, the Super Bowl, as yes. a, as a as a sporting event, that's yes. really honestly the way we got treated. I mean, they're they yes. may make a few hundred dollars at the end of the day on this thing, but yet they're treating us like we're the Super Bowl, and that they're going to do everything in their power to make this tournament go smooth. So yes, yeah, yes. It's very nice. Yeah. All right, so bring us down, Ed. I understand you've got a negative story, so let's end on a, on a downer note here. Well, I do, and it's it's a pretty amazing story, but I'm going to keep it very, very simple. You know how you've told a couple uh, automotive uh, accident-related stories the oh, last couple no. months? Oh, no. Do you have yes. one, too? Oh. Yes, but it, it's very unusual. Uh, my car uh, failed inspection. Okay. So I was at my local dealer and it didn't pass because it needed new tires. They were just right on the precipice and they really needed to be new. Uh, and also there was a leak in my steering column. So they had to fix the, and replace the rack and pinion steering. So I got the tires fixed. I brought my car in to have the steering done. They gave me uh, basically a rental for the day because it's a long process. Uh, and then I get a call about three in the afternoon from the dealer and they said, uh, Mr. Gagdon, would you please call us? And I thought, that doesn't sound good. Usually they say, mm-hmm. Mr. Gagnon, your car is ready, not would you please call us. Yeah. Well, they had fixed the rack and pinion steering. They pulled my car out into the parking lot, and an 18-wheeler, I guess, transporting cars to the dealership went by, and as it went by, the rear end uh, just from the right front quarter panel through to the back bumper uh, scratched and ripped and basically oh, no. tore the side of my car up. Ouch. So. So that was bad enough, but I, I really, for whatever reason, I wasn't upset. You know, it, what, what could I do about it? I'm sitting in my office and a tractor trailer hits my car. And mm-hmm. so there's not much I could do about it. I figured insurance would take care of it. But the, the reason why this is a horror story beyond the obvious is what really bothered me was that the dealer immediately said, hey, you know, we're not responsible for any of this. There's nothing we can do about this. They didn't say they were sorry when they called on the phone to tell me that my car had this damage. Um, and they finally did say, I'm sorry, after I'd been with them for about 10 minutes when I came in to look at my car. They said, yeah. I'm sorry once. But their focus was on the fact that they really needed to get this loaner. They gave me a loaner temporary. I really need to get this loaner back because my manager will get upset with me at some point. And, mm. you know, we really need to get this fixed, uh, you know, so I can get that loaner car back. And it turned out to be thousands and thousands of dollars in damage. So essentially, my car was in their possession. It got wrecked, cost thousands of dollars in damage. And they're not giving me any empathy. And instead, they want me to give them empathy because their manager might be uh, pushing them to get a loaner car back. It is no, just no, not, not seeing things through the customer's eyes in that case. Absolutely not. I mean, from a technical standpoint, sure. 
maybe they're not at fault. Yeah, technically speaking, yes, somebody else did the damage. But, you know, it's on their lot. It, it, you have entrusted your car with them as a vendor. And, you know, while that car's in their possession, it, they they got to feel responsible for it. That's really yep. a shame. Man, I hate hearing that. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You said the, you told about how they didn't say they're sorry up front. It took a little bit longer to say that. I know there's maybe some people listening that say, well, that just seems kind of contrite that all we're doing is wanting people to say that we're sorry. But it's more than that. It's just if you have to think about how long it is before somebody says they're sorry, then obviously they're not saying it out of truly they feel compassion for your situation. They're saying right. it because of more of an obligation. They feel like now they're supposed to say it. Right. And you know, it does mean a lot. It means a lot when we hear a company take responsibility for something even if it wasn't directly their fault. Exactly. Um, it just it just helps us feel like they're actually empathizing with us instead of just all about the dollar, all about the process, all about you know their job. So, so that should wrap it up for today's show of Stepping Up Service. Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions has been with us sharing his companies he's thankful for. And uh, Ed, thanks so much for those stories and kind of bringing some of those uh, companies to light and, and shining a little spotlight on them for us. Okay, definitely enjoyed it as usual, Alan. Yeah. And uh, if I do not talk to you, I hope you have a th- nice Thanksgiving. I hope everybody else there listening, if you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, I hope you have a nice one. If you're listening afterwards, I hope you had a nice one with your family or anybody else for that matter. Uh, Stepping Up Service has been here on the TV. As again, it's our online network of podcasts and audio programs available for free on the web or on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or many other podcast apps where you can find it. We encourage you to check out not only past episodes of Stepping Up Service, but also go back and look at our other library of shows, including shows on leadership. We've got a music show. We've got a film review show. We've got several sports shows talking about fantasy football and some other topics. A lot of great shows to check out, and they're all for free on TheMesh.TV. So uh, check it out and drop us a line. Let us know what you like or if you've got some ideas for future topics for any of our shows. So that should wrap it us up for today. Thanks so much to everybody for listening. Ed, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to everybody next time. Take care. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.